FOMO. Aging is hard. It's hard to go through. I mean, it's hard to look in the mirror and see those wrinkles and the age spots and the sagging that we didn't see 10 or 20 years ago. But at the same time, aging is a blessing. I mean, what is the alternative to aging? Well, you're being in the ground and we don't want that. So the way I look at it overall is that aging is a blessing, and, but at the same time, I, we understand that it's not fun to see those changes in the mirror. So why not fight it every step of the way? I'm Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out. And it's why some people end up following the crowd when they should be blazing a trail of their own. But if you want to achieve greatness in business and life, you've got to break free. Come on, I'll show you how. This is FOMO Sapiens, where we explore how entrepreneurial thinkers find the inspiration and the courage to build exceptional lives. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, the show for entrepreneurial thinkers. Now today, in our evolving theme of taking bigger swings, I have a very interesting guest, somebody who kind of came out of nowhere. It's interesting. Like I get all these TikTokers coming at me now, and I hate to say the word TikToker as a, a general thing because this person does TikTok, but is also a world-renowned, highly trusted plastic surgeon, Dr. Anthony Yoon. But he also, during the pandemic, just became massive. He's like the most followed person in his field across socials. And so he's come out with a new book and he is talking about how to be a person who cultivates their own youth, which I think is really important. And what I like about him, what the reason why I was intrigued beyond the fact that he's built this huge following is that he is not just telling us all to get a ton of surgeries. No, 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 no. I mean, that is a road to perdition. You're just going to keep doing surgery and doing surgery. And then one day, you know, there's not more you can do. He is talking about a mindset where we can do things now that aren't interventions like that, that will allow us to look better and younger. And you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself if you want to take those big swings. So that is my guest today, Dr. Anthony Yoon, who is one of the most trusted and well-known plastic surgeons in the world, followed by millions. He is the most followed plastic surgeon on TikTok and YouTube, and he hosts the popular podcast, The Holistic Plastic Surgery Show, and he's been in all the media. Now, Dr. Anthony also has a new book out. It is called Younger for Life, which is a step-by-step -step guide to turning back the clock holistically. And you'll see, because we're going to talk about, I like, you know, I'm, I use this time to learn some things that I wanted to know. I'm sure you want to know too about things like intermittent fasting and some of the other things that we see online, TikTok, these trends like face yoga. Is that a real thing? So we get into that and we talk about how he became an unexpected entrepreneur, how he took a big swing getting on social and now has this huge presence. So that's what we're going to learn. Now, as you know, I like to start every interview with the same question. So I started by asking Dr. Anthony this. Tell me something surprising you learned about yourself that changed everything. I think the big decision that I had to make was many years ago when I was in medical school, I always thought that I was going to be a surgeon. And I thought maybe a general surgeon. And then the day that I saw a 60-year-old man stumble out of the call room at 2 in the morning to attend to a trauma, I thought, maybe I don't want to be a general and trauma surgeon. And so my dad, you know, I'm Asian American. My dad was first generation and he always told me, you're going to be a surgeon. You're going to be a transplant surgeon or neurosurgeon or vascular surgeon, like all these really 
powerful specialties that are like really stressful and you've got people's lives in the balance. And I knew that that just wasn't my personality. So at one point I thought, well, maybe I'll be a family doctor. I kind of like just treating people and getting to know people. And then I found the field of plastic surgery and having had an artistry background, uh, it really spoke to me. And so that for me was the biggest decision is going from general surgery to actually family practice for a short time and then settling on plastic surgery, which, which has really guided my entire career now. You know, if I were a doctor, I figured it out, by the way, because I know enough doctors and I see their lifestyles. Plastic surgery is pretty good. But if you don't want to do all that and you don't want to, you know, do the surgeries, dermatologist. What a good lifestyle. If I had to pick another specialty, then I would probably pick dermatology just because I do find the cosmetics of it so interesting. And honestly, surgery is it's stressful. You know, if anybody ever asked me, you know, Dr. Yoon, what's the worst thing that can happen if I have a tummy tuck or if I have a facelift or if I have a breast reduction? And I have to answer that you can die. Uh, I mean, any operation, you go under anesthesia, you can die from it. Now, the risks are extremely low, extremely low, but there's still a risk there. And that's also a reason why I've kind of gone in the direction I have um, with, my, with my practice, you know, and with everything that I share online. They also have nice offices, but <laughs> we won't focus on that today. What I wanna talk about is your new book. It's called Younger for Life. But before we get into that, I want to talk about, so when I started hearing about your work, I am not a TikToker uh, very much. It's, you know, we, because I just wouldn't, I would never leave my apartment. But I have, in, in the process of learning about you, I discovered that you were the most followed plastic surgeon in the world, which is insane. Talk about, yeah. first, t t tell us how that happened. And then what are the upsides and the downsides of that for you? Yeah, so I mean, I did uh, a lot of TV for a long time. I did all these shows mm -hmm. like The Dr. Oz Show, The Doctors, Rachel Ray and stuff. And then I found myself honestly kind of aging out. And it was like an actor that's getting older and the younger people are getting those parts. They started calling on younger, better looking doctors to do these segments. And so I pivoted towards social media because I knew that I wanted to have my own platform. And I thought, oh, let's do this. So for many years, I was kind of on the Facebook and Twitter bandwagon and I did fine. And then the pandemic hit and I found myself in March of 2020 with an empty office and a promise I made to my employees that I was going to pay them no matter what for however long, you know, this whole shutdown lasted. And I started looking at my bank account and I, I figured that I, the biggest checks that I was getting when the, after the pandemic started was from Google. It was actually from my social media. And I had this idea that, look, I want to help people, but, you know, I volunteered at my local hospital and God forbid, if you need a plastic surgeon to take care of you when you've got COVID, then that's really bad. <laughs> so luckily yeah. they didn't need to call me in, uh, but I wanted to find a way to help people. And so I just started creating more and more content. And because I didn't have patients I had to get into the door or anything like that, or try to fill up my schedule, I just didn't really worry about trying to advertise or anything. I just wanted to create content that could educate people and even entertain them. And even if I could just take them for 30 seconds or a minute out of that scary, lonely, horrible time it was at that time, it would be a privilege. And so I started just creating stuff, not worrying about what people would think of it. And my platform completely exploded from there. Uh, and so now it's weird, but I find myself here, a small plastic surgeon in the Detroit area, having more followers than any other plastic surgeon that I know of. And so in terms of upsides and downsides, how do you think about that? 
Um, the upside, honestly, is the ability to help change people's lives. And so putting information out there and, and then hearing from them later, you know, getting notes from them and, and comments of like, hey, you, you kept me company during the pandemic. You know, just things like that that just mean so much, just as much to me as when I have a patient who I treat and it changes their lives. As far as the negative, there is, you know, it's social media. <laughs> there are a lot of trolls out there and it's a positive and a negative. I mean, I've had, I've had people that, I mean, they pick apart your appearance. I have people say, how can you live with such a big forehead? I've had people say, oh my gosh, his face is so Botoxed and operated on, like he can barely move his face. And like, it's so not true. Uh, it's crazy. I've had people say he looks, I've had people say he looks like a 70 year old grandmother who's had a bunch of work done, like just crazy wow. comments like that, that the, the, the interesting thing is initially you read it and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you actually take it into account and it makes you stronger because you know that these are people who are just trying to attack you to feel better about themselves. And the more adversity you go through, the stronger you are. And so now I even show these to my kids. I say, oh, look at how these people are insulting your dad. And I show them, it doesn't bother me at all. And hopefully teaches them a lesson of like, you know what, if somebody says something bad about you, you know, you keep moving on. Don't let that, don't let that get to you. What's so interesting about it is also, you know, social media can be highly reductive. And so putting out messages that aren't harmful because it can be, you know, I was reading, I, I grew up with Tourette's syndrome and there was this whole tendency of people doing Tourette's, watching videos with others with Tourette's and yeah. then manifesting those symptoms themselves. So we know that social media can be deeply harmful, but you have staked out a ground that is, you know, I thought was provocative and kind of interesting, surprising about how you talk about, as a plastic surgeon, how you talk about aging. Talk about the concept of holistic plastic surgery and just talk about your theory of aging in general. Yeah, I guess the way I look at aging and plastic surgery is number one, aging is hard. It's hard to go through. I mean, it's hard to look in the mirror and see those wrinkles and the age spots and the sagging that we didn't see 10 or 20 years ago. But at the same time, aging is a blessing. I mean, what is the alternative to aging? Well, you're being in the ground and we don't want that. So the way I look at it overall is that aging is a blessing, and, but at the same time, I, we understand that it's not fun to see those changes in the mirror, so why not fight it every step of the way? You know, So I think you can really look at it at the whole aging process from, from a very healthy perspective of understanding that these, change, these things do change as far as our appearance, but there are so many things that we can do now that does not necessitate actual surgery or even injections that can help you look and feel great about yourself. Uh, and that's what I wanted to bring out in Younger for Life in my new book is, are these a step-by-step -step strategy that you can take to turn back the clock, to get beautiful, you know, great looking skin, to feel great about yourself and not have to feel like you have to see a plastic surgeon. FOMO. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. And you start in a place with one of my favorite topics, which is intermittent fasting. I've been on the, I've been on the train for a long time. I never liked yeah. breakfast. So maybe I was like, just that was genetic in me, but you have this, this, this intermittent fasting kind of plan along what you, you call auto juvenation promoting foods. And, and this is an important part of what you're talking about. Talk about, you know, for folks that maybe have heard about this, but haven't, you know, sort of known how to think about it or maybe haven't tried it yet. What is it that you're recommending to folks in the book? So the idea of auto-juvenation is something I came up with as a way to auto, mean on your own or to your own body, rejuvenate itself. Because the body contains so much power, regenerative ability to rejuvenate itself. You just have to fuel it with the right things. And so food is always the number one thing. And the way I describe it, it's kind of like you're building a house. And some people say, well, I just want a facelift. Well, if you're building a house, the facelift is like the spire at the top of the house. Food is going to be the actual foundation of the house. And that is the most important part of the whole overall aging process. And so intermittent fasting is a part of it, but really the number one thing is to eat what I consider an anti-inflammatory collagen supporting diet. So what does that mean? Well, it means uh, collagen supporting means that 70 to 80% of our skin is made of collagen and we lose about 1% of the thickness of collagen every year. So the, the skin, the reason why, or the collagen basically causes our skin to feel tight and to feel strong and it creates that turgor of, of the skin. And as we get older, that's the reason why our skin gets looser. Now collagen is a protein. And so what you ideally want to do is consume enough healthy protein so that your body can create and rejuvenate that collagen. As far as anti-inflammatory, now we're talking about certain foods that will actually reduce the inflammation of our body. Inflammation is one of the great agers of our body. And there are certain foods that we eat that can increase inflammation and certain foods that will decrease inflammation. And you can even see, you know, you may have friends of yours that you go out with and, you know, they tend to like a lot of fried foods and they love eating wings and chips and a lot of sugar. And you can even see the inflammation oftentimes in their skin. You know, it's red, it's ruddy, it's wrinkled and flame. They've, they've got breakouts and stuff. And so the types of foods that you want to eat that are anti-inflammatory are going to be in general two specific categories healthy fats and proteins. So that would be two different groups, omega-3 rich foods, okay, omega-3 fatty acid rich foods, and that would be like cold water fish, like tuna, trout, salmon, mackerel. 
And then monounsaturated fatty uh, rich foods, fat rich foods, and those are going to be like nuts and seeds. Um, also, you can look at uh, avocados, olive oil, all of that. So those healthy type fat foods, those are all anti-inflammatory. And then the other group of foods are the rainbow of fruits and vegetables. Those contain antioxidants, which reduce uh, oxidation, which is similar to inflammation. Uh, and essentially, the important thing to realize is when you look at the antioxidants in fruits and vegetables, it's the actual color, the pigment that's the antioxidant. So it's much more beneficial to eat, let's say, a rainbow of colors, you know, black, green, red, um, yellow, orange, versus eating just green foods or just red foods or just yellow. Um, so that's kind of the, the basis, in my opinion, of a healthy, skin-healthy diet. And if you just do those minor things with your diet, that can make a huge, huge impact on the skin. And how does that then play into the, the notion of, of uh, intermittent fasting? And what are those specific rules around that? Yeah, so intermittent fasting is interesting because when you look at longevity and the longevity and uh, anti-aging scientists nowadays, and you look at how do you prolong a person's lifespan? How do you get them to live longer? The, the big thing that you see is calorie restriction. Calorie restriction will prolong your life, eating less calories. The problem with calorie restriction is it can be really tough. And there are mouse, mouse studies that find that if you feed a mouse less food, they will actually live longer. Now, for some people who do a lot of fasting, you know, they can do that and their body is kind of primed for it. They're used to it. But the vast majority of us, that does not sound fun. I mean, who wants to live you know, another 10 years if you're starving all the time? <laughs> so interestingly enough, you don't necessarily have to reduce your calories. One other way that you can prolong your life, improve your longevity is by intermittent fasting, which I know, like you said, I've, I've heard your podcast where you say, you know, hey, you're a fan of that. It's worked well for you. The idea behind intermittent fasting, there's two things. You know, some people will use it for weight loss because, hey, if you go from three meals a day to two meals a day, as long as you're not, you know, just really gorging yourself on those two meals, you're going to reduce the amount of calories you eat and then you could potentially lose weight. But from an anti-aging perspective, it's more than that. And it comes down to autophagy. Autophagy means self-eating, okay? And it is a process where our body will actually uh, recycle and reuse damaged intracellular components or basically cellular waste for energy. And this is a natural process, okay? So as our cells are working throughout our lifetime, it, they create waste products. Those waste products can build up in your cells unless they are actually recycled using this process called autophagy. When the, the cellular, basically, uh, waste is recycled, the cells afterwards will then function more effectively, more youthfully. But in order for autophagy to work, for it to actually happen, you have to stop eating. That's the thing. Your body needs to run out of energy, run out of fuel so that it goes, hey, we don't have fuel coming in. Let's use autophagy to recycle that cellular waste that has built up for fuel instead. And then it cleans out that cellular waste and your cells function more effectively. So Intermittent fasting is a great way where you then will take a period of time where you're not eating, your body runs out of that energy coming in and starts to create that autophagy process going on. And so in addition to kind of cleaning out your cells and getting them to work more efficiently and effectively, it can also help, once again, prolong your life. It helps with longevity and even helps potentially to improve your skin. 
Now there's like, there are some, you know, people think they're doing intermittent fasting, but for example, if you have a beer at midnight and that, you know, that doesn't count. Right. So there are, there are some specific rules around hours and calories. What are those for, for folks who are listening who want to give this a try? Yeah, in general, if you want to try intermittent fasting, the, the big idea with intermittent fasting is, yes, you can have calorie, um, zero-calorie liquids while you're intermittent fasting, okay? You need yeah. to because you need to hydrate yourself. So water, black coffee, tea, as long as you don't put anything into those, that is totally fine and will continue your fast. Um, something like beer or even butter coffee. Some people have this idea that, oh, if I have butter coffee, that's not going to break my fast. Yes, it will. Any type of caloric type of food will break your fast. Um, usually what we recommend is starting out with by doing a 12-hour fast. So the easiest way to do it is let's say you stop eating at 8 p.m. in the evening and then you wait until 8 a.m. the next day before you have anything to eat. Once again, drinking is fine. Um, most people should be able to do a 12-hour fast, okay? Um, if you need to build up to that, then by all means do that. Ideally though, if you can get up to a 16-hour fast, that's where we're really going to get those benefits of autophagy, where the autophagy really gets revved up. And so that would essentially be stopping eating at 8 p.m. and then not eating until noon the next day. And then ideally, when you restart eating at noon, you're not once again gorging yourself and eating tons and tons of food, um, but you eat a reasonable amount. Now, really interesting, and this is something that's in my book uh, that I've not read before, but I've done some research and it seems to make a lot of sense, is that if you then intermittent fast and you start eating again at noon the next day, there are certain foods that even though they will break your fast, they may still promote autophagy, okay? So what that means then is even though you start eating again, your body still may create that autophagy process and clean out that intracellular gunk essentially, that intracellular waste, and help to continue to rejuvenate itself. And those foods are healthy fats, like I mentioned earlier, the omega-3 fatty uh, rich foods, monounsaturated fatty acid rich foods, uh, and polyphenol rich foods. And these polyphenols are essentially our dark colored produce, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, black beans. Those are two groups of foods that even though they will break your fast, they can actually continue that process of autophagy. So much content here. One thing though, now I have a personal question. So if I put like a splash of milk in my coffee, yep. did I totally ruin my intermittent fast? You broke your fast, yeah. But, but you know, is it really that, like just a little tiny bit, right? I mean, it's not like I had like a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, I think it technically, they, you know, the answer is yes, you will do that. However, you know, at, at the same time, there are things that you, you know, do you have to be a purist with your intermittent fasting? You know, there's some right. people like, I have to go 16 hours. If I go 15 hours, I fail. And that's not the best way to look at it. You know, one thing I do when I intermittent fast, sometimes I'll actually have uh, a hot cup of water in the morning and I do put a, a scoop of collagen into it. Uh, yes, I'm breaking my fast, but for me, I do feel that the benefits of, let's say, a collagen supplement outweigh the negatives of me truly breaking my fast. But then that's all I have in the morning, you know, and then I won't have anything else until noon. So. Yeah, I mean, there are fasting purists out there, and, and but at the same time, I think, you know, life is different, and you do what works for you. I think just taking that time, giving your body that time for your gut to rest is really, really healthy. Yeah, and that fasting purist probably skips the milk, but then lights a cigarette. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> FOMO. FOMO. Now, one thing that I think is really interesting, you talk about in the book, is you go beyond, I mean, so... 
you talk about these kind of the the positive side, but you also talk about, you know, and on your website as well, like the scammy stuff. And one thing that caught my eye actually was um, there's a whole corner of the universe of the internet devoted to something called face yoga. Yes. Which is, which you have, you know, you say is not, not real. But so I thought that was kind of interesting because you have people who are doing like face yoga every day. There are apps for face yoga. It's a whole thing. Talk about some of the scammy stuff that is out there that that maybe it seems like, you know, it's always if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But some of the stuff that we should keep our eyes open for, just like it's not a good use of your time, money and energy. Yeah, I mean, face yoga, I think, is one of the good ones. Now, interestingly, so what exactly is face yoga? Now, I'm if you've read my book, I'm a huge fan of yoga in general, especially Me as too. we get older. Yeah. Because as we get older, we get stiffer and we need to really have good balance because one thing you do not want to happen as you get older is you don't want to break your hip. If you break your hip and you're over the age of 50, there's literally a 50% mortality rate with something like that happening. So you want to do everything you can as you Plus, get older. Plus, if you break your hip and you fall on your face, then your skin doesn't look good. Well, that too. <laughs> there's that. But So you want to do everything you can as you get older to keep your balance uh, and your strength. Um, so face yoga is this idea that if you work out certain muscles of your face, that you can make your face look younger. And the fact though is, is it's the exact opposite of what you think Botox does. So Botox causes muscles of the face not to work. Mm. And there are actually studies that have looked at Botox and they have said, yes, if you have, you know, if you actually have a half of the face, interestingly enough, people who've had, let's say Bell's palsy or who've had certain types of illnesses or trauma where they actually lose the innervation of half their face, the muscles don't move appropriately or, or like you would expect, they actually age less on the side that's paralyzed and the side that is not paralyzed. Because really whenever you move those muscles, you create those wrinkles and those wrinkles then get deeper and deeper and deeper the more you create those, those expressions. So somebody like Jim Carrey, I love Jim Carrey, fantastic actor, so funny. He's got a lot of wrinkles because that guy's making all these different faces. Now when you actually look at the scientific studies, the interesting thing is, is face yoga can actually turn back the clock a little bit because as you work those muscles, what happens? Those muscles get a little bit bigger. And so you get a little bit of increase of volume of your face, but uh, the negative is that the actual wrinkles get deeper. Uh, and so technically that's the science. If you say, hey, I've got a really skinny face and I don't wanna have filler, will face yoga make my face look a little fuller? The answer is possibly yes, but it's gonna make your wrinkles look deeper too. Now the whole idea though with behind all these scammy type things online is that people will put stuff out there literally to go viral and just for clout. Uh, for example, there are videos, there's one guy who had a video where he says, hey, I've got this tattoo on my hand. I've had this for many years. Let me show you how to get rid of it. And he takes some regular Morton salt, he puts it on his hand, he puts some olive oil on it, and then he rubs it into his hand. And then the screen goes blank, and then next thing you see, he wipes it off, and it's gone. The tattoo is gone. Give me a break. Like, rubbing salt and olive oil will not make a tattoo go away. This guy literally put makeup over his tattoo afterwards to try to hide it. And what happened, that video went viral. I mean, he had, I think, 15 million views on it, and I'm sure he got thousands of new followers from it. And so if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If you're not sure about something that you see on social media, especially like TikTok, TikTok is a huge place for it, Instagram Reels as well, search for that video and see if any doctors like myself may have duetted it or reacted to it to know what the real truth is. That's really important. It's that, and it's really wrong. What, what's so pernicious is that 
Social media is a place where people get unrealistic expectations about oh, their yeah. appearance. Yeah. It's like the Zoom face, it's like all that stuff. I mean, you, you're in that world, you understand that. And so I'm sure you have people coming into your office who have seen something or have some idea about what they could look like that is completely unrealistic. And then of course you have to break the news to them. Hey, I'm sorry, uh, you're 63 years old. I can't make you look like you're 26. And if I try, you're gonna look really odd. So it is, it is kind of, I'm curious, like, do you think about, you know, the, all of that stuff, the deleterious effect of social media, the FOMO that it creates and how it's made your job harder? Like, what is it, what is, what is, you know, cause you've been doing this for a while, right? Like how have things changed for you? Well, just like you said, that's huge. And the FOMO that people get, you know, they watch, they see these procedures that are done on social media and they think, wow, maybe I should get that. Uh, a good example of this is buckle fat removal. This is an operation that was really popular on social media over the last two years. Chrissy Teigen actually admitted that she had a buckle fat removal. Uh, buckle fat removal is removal of a little chunk of fat from inside the cheek to cause the cheek to look more kind of contoured and chiseled in. Mm -hmm. And in somebody like uh, Chrissy Teigen, where she's got a very round, you know, kind of a rounder shaped face, that may help her get the contours that she's looking for. But in somebody who has a face, let's say like mine, uh, somebody with a narrower, thinner face, doing that operation can actually make you look older afterwards. Uh, but this is a procedure that got really popular on social media. Everybody was talking about it. And just like you said, it's the FOMO. People think, well, geez, if everybody else is getting it done, why shouldn't I get it done? You know, And if I don't get it done, am I going to feel bad about myself? And so they go see a plastic surgeon. The plastic surgeon sees them on their schedule. They see what their rent is due that month, and they don't have a lot of money in their accounts. So now they try to convince that person, hey, let's do that surgery. And then they have it done and then they wonder, why did I even do this? Because it doesn't look better, it looks worse. So it's super important. Don't believe what you see on social media, even from plastic surgeons, unfortunately, because you know a lot of times they're not gonna show you their bad results. They're only gonna show you the good ones. Uh, and, and that's, I think, the most important thing is to realize that plastic surgery is serious. It takes a long time for people to heal from operations. There are complications that can occur. So only have plastic surgery, go under the knife. If you are 100% certain that if you don't go under the knife, you will not feel fulfilled in life. You know, this is something where you have to use it as a last resort, because like I mentioned earlier, you know, in this podcast, you can die if you go under the knife, you know, it doesn't matter how healthy you are. It can actually happen. You make a really good point, which is, and I think that the ethos of your work is to say, let's start somewhere else. Let's start non-surgical. Let's do other things. And then, you know, maybe you do it other, I mean, you know, that, that people choose to do that. And what's kind of interesting, you talk about plastic surgery and the fact that nobody says the bad ones. It is true. Like when you watch the Oscars or whatever, yeah. the Emmys or one of these shows, it's not like, and you see like a tragic case of bad, it's not like that person went to a strip mall in Encino. They probably went to some Beverly Hills person who also does, you know, other, you know, successful cases. And for whatever reason, you know, it didn't work out or they just did too much or whatever, but it's, you know, these are, these are, these are people in Hollywood. It's not like they're, they're just like being cheap and, yeah. and silly, yeah. but the problem is that it's the insides that need the work. And so you also talk about, you know, the like psychological and the mental health aspects. So just to end our conversation today, um, Dr. Yoon, I'd love to just hear how you think about, as we get in, you know, think about these topics for ourselves from a mental health perspective and from a sort of inside, doing the inside work, what is your advice? 
Yeah, I think the most important thing is that changing your appearance is not going to necessarily change how you feel about yourself or make you happy in life. And so one part of my book that I put in there is looking at other ways to improve your health to feel and look beautiful. You know, part of it is improving your health and improving your energy level. And there are certain things that you can do just as lifestyle things that can make huge differences. You know, we mentioned yoga a little bit earlier. Definitely as you get older, yoga is huge for mobility. But the other thing is strength training. Doing, using actual weights as you get older is so, so important because you have to hit those fast twitch muscle fibers, which will help you keep your balance in case something happens as you get older. Uh, but I think more than anything, it comes down to gratitude. And there's a part of, of my book where I really talk about that. And it's finding purpose for your life. You know, one of the big things that we do, my wife and I, is that we support senior dog rescue. You know, we have adopted actually five dogs over the last eight years, all senior dogs, dogs that we actually will look and see, you know, is this dog has been in a shelter, has been in a rescue and nobody wants them. And we try to adopt them because we know that they need homes. And it has been some of the greatest blessings in our lives because these dogs, they come into your home, they give you so much love, and, and even though their time with you is so short, it is so powerful and you know you're giving them what they need at the end of their life. And so, you know, for me, that's what my wife and I do. I would encourage you, what, what can you do to get that type of, I guess, gratitude in your life, to get that type of purpose because that's gonna give you gifts that you could never consider, you know, getting, giving yourself, I guess, in ways that let's say Botox or skincare or any of that type of stuff won't do for you. So, you know, it's feeling inside that you've got that inside energy, that sense of purpose, that feeling, that gratitude. I think that is really the most important thing. Yeah, it's true. A sense of mission, a sense of purpose. If you do that, you may do some other things too. There's, I mean, there's nothing wrong, but you probably yeah. won't feel the need to fill the void in quite the same way. And if you want to do that, you know, save a, a life and then go get a little Botox afterwards and by all means, go ahead. <laughs> all right. The book is called Younger for Life. Now, if you want to find Dr. Anthony Yoon online, he is prodigious. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Tony Yoon MD. That's Y-O-U-N-M-D. On TikTok at Dr. Yoon and on YouTube at Dr. Yoon. Dr. Anthony Yoon, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMOSapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com.